The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Orbitz, and I'm your host. Monday Night Football Recap, Week 14. Week 14 has ended. We are you're into the fantasy playoffs. That's And the actual football playoffs coming soon. Patriots beat the Cardinals 27-13. A really uh, bizarre game in that it's extremely notable for some injuries to players on both sides of the ball. The Cardinals seem to be kind of controlling it, and the Patriots look lost on offense, and then the Patriots score sort of sparked them, and they, they went ahead and they blew out the Cardinals, effectively snuffing out the Cardinals' season. They're 4-9. and nine. Now the Patriots 7-6, and six, and they move into the seven seed in the AFC. We'll get to the Patriots, but, you know, when a quarterback suffers a, se- a likely season-ending injury, that will affect him through the following season. We got to go with that first. And by all accounts, Kyler Murray on the third play of the game. Oh, sorry. Joining me to break this down. Brian Wilson, John Breach. My bad. What's up, fellas? Uh, two things before we get to Kyler Murray. Number one, uh, Breach, you'll be happy to know the new With the Pick podcast episode came out today. We talked about Stefan Diggs and his draft journey to Minnesota. And number two, shout out to my Syracuse Orange. NCAA men won their first national title tonight. Uh, that was a much more exciting game than the Cardinals, Patriots, especially if you are not a fan of injuries, which brings us back to Kyler Murray. Brian, we got to get you your own soccer podcast where you can only talk about Syracuse. Uh, but you know what? Kyler Murray did not go Orange to Syracuse. Orange balls, they'll call it. Orange Ooh. balls. Yeah. I like it. Kyler Murray, uh, I think Josh Weinfuss of ESPN reported or tweeted that um, they're still going to wait on the MRI, but basically like everybody with the Cardinals believes it's a torn, torn ACL and the way that it's being framed and the way that he fell down, I mean, makes total sense. Like it was a non-contact injury. It, it looked like he was kind of trying to slide and go down. But then all of a sudden you see the replay you can tell Kyler, it's got that, it's got that, I, you know, the sni- I've been snipered face drops to the ground, hits the turf, lays there for a while, has to be carted off. Uh, you see him crying, you know, just tears on, you know, flooding it in as he's, as he's going down the, uh, you know, the hallway back to the locker room. 
I mean, it's a really tough scene, particularly given that the Cardinals really were probably already done. The season was likely already over. I mean, they, you know, the best that they could finish was nine and eight. If they ran the table starting tonight, that's virtually impossible given uh, Kyler's injury. I mean, I guess I'm, what, what do we think the biggest or most important short and long-term ramifications of this Kyler Murray injury are? I mean, the obvious is he's not going to play the rest of the season if it is a torn ACL. And I, I like, I, again, I'm not, I don't like to jump to the jump to the jump the gun on on injuries, but it does feel like anything short of a torn ACL would be shocking at this point, right? Yeah, we can just assume it's a torn ACL, and we'll find out together. I mean, right. Debo looked like he his leg was going to be detached from his body. It turns out he only had a high ankle sprain and an MCL, which means he'll be back this season. But we'll see. But if we just for the the sake of conversation assume that Kyler's done for the year and, and maybe doesn't come back until October, I mean, we'll see. That's sort of that's that's really the first question. Is like what is you know, what do we think the timeline is for this? we I'm trying to think when did Joe Burrow tear his breach when it, it was in November and yep. he went right up to the gun with, is he going to be able to play in week one? And yeah, so now we're into December and it's very possible. I would be, if it's a torn ACL and you play the style of football, that Kyler Murray plays, it is going to be difficult. If not impossible to be out there in week one. Well, here's the thing. Season. Jameson Williams tore his ACL January 10th. He came back last week a couple days ago odell yes. beckham tore it in mid-february he has not yeah. come back yeah so i mean philip rivers tore his in a, a conversation championship game and he didn't miss it it's like it, it's, it affects people differently obviously the you know wilson you've had a torn acl um you know i mean like, i mean it, it's it, the recovery time is like kind of standard but it, it does it, it does affect people a little differently like the, the, it's sort of cookie cutter now with acls but it would be shocking if he was back like it would be, it would be a very impressive feat if Kyler Murray was ready to go in Week One. I, I, I don't think that's a likely outcome. Yeah, I, I think in terms of what this means for Kyler Murray, and just again working on the assumption that he's out for nine or ten months, this might be good for Kyler Murray. I mean, I, I'm taking. I feel like I'm talking like Brinson right now, but I think he needs a, a, a mental health break from Cliff Kingsbury and this team. And no matter who's at fault, and there are probably a, a number of fingers you could point in, in different directions. Um, when, when Kyler went down, I, you know, Brinson, you said this might save Cliff's job. And I said, unless Cliff just bought the team, Cliff is still getting fired. And I know they put the graphic up during the game that he just signed the long-term deal. I don't care, man. This ain't working. The same offensive penalties every single day. The buck has to stop somewhere. Look, man, fire the fire whoever the, the, the guy is you have listed as the offense coordinator or the wide receivers coach, if that makes you feel better. At the end of the day, it starts with Cliff. And we'll see if the Bidwells feel differently because of the money situation or if Steve Kime is trying to save his job. And he throws Cliff down as a sacrificial lamb. But I think if, if Kyler's taking a break physically and mentally, I think you want to get someone in there breach that, that's on the same page with Kyler, whoever that may be. I mean, maybe it's Lincoln Riley. I don't know, but it, it ain't Cliff Kingsbury. And it feels like they're they're oil and water right now uh, in terms of making this offense work. Yeah, you know, when these two originally got paired together, it was like, oh my God, they're gonna light up the scoreboard. The Cardinals are gonna be unbeatable, but it just feels like uh, that Kyler Murray doesn't like Cliff Kingsbury's system. I, I mean uh, and that's a problem. So I think that if you're the Cardinals, you have to give some serious thought to, all right, if we get Cliff Kingsbury out of the picture, we'll bring in a coach. They can sit down with Kyler this offseason and kind of just create an entire offense around Kyler Murray's skill set. And it will be surprising if both of them are back next season. Well, I mean, Kyler? Or... If Cliff, not and, Cliff and Kyler. If both of them are back in September, I think that would be surprising. Well, I mean, Kyler he's, from an he's injury. Saying, he's saying Cliff is gone, is what he's saying. Yeah. So I thought this was kind of interesting. I read this. Um, this is on thescore.com. 
Uh, Jordan Schultz wrote it, and I'm going I'm to read this, and I'm not going to, I don't want to source, source guess, but I mean, if you, if you feel inclined to, go ahead. All right, maybe I will. I probably will. Um, mm-hmm. This is, he was looking at possible, he's looking at hot seat situations for people who could be in trouble. Cliff Kingsbury Cardinals. I'm reading verbatim. The Cardinals' disappointing season isn't on Kingsbury. I'm honestly not sure who'd succeed in his position given the slew of issues inside that building. Let's start at the top with under Michael Bidwell and GM Steve Kime. The complete absence of accountability, especially from Kime, is appalling. His lack of professionalism permeates the entire franchise. And this is now a quote. Kime's a fan. He's been able to keep that job because of his relationship with Bidwell, but he's not a football savant or football mind. He's not a leader, a long-term personnel staffer told me. Kingsbury reports to Kime who gave quarterback Kyler Murray a $240 million extension in July. Murray's enormously uh, enormously talented, but there are clearly growing pains that he, like many young quarterbacks, must overcome. Kingsbury's a good offensive mind and stuck in a no-win situation for an owner and GM who haven't a clue how to properly run a professional organization. Um, And I say that I I read that, and I'm I'm pointing it out, and again, I don't want to – I will attempt to not source guess. But I find it interesting that as the uh, absolute, like, like a laser with the heat of the sun is being, like, blasted at Cliff Kingsbury's seat – that this would come out like ahead of the weekend when they or ahead of the, you know, ahead of the weekend, the NFL weekend of week 14, because to me, that doesn't read like somebody, there needs to be like somebody who might be close to Cliff Kingsbury, like is, is provided the information. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I do think we would all agree that look, Steve Kahn probably isn't going anywhere because of his relationship with Bidwell. We've talked about that before that he, he comes across as the most probably, fireable person but the <laughs> least likely person to get fired i mean the guy drafted josh rosen uh struck out there has already lost multiple head coaching trade it up for josh have rosen, not worked dude. out uh, yeah trade up for josh rosen he's got a lot of strikes on his resume but the cardinals have shown no inclination to get rid of him so they're just going to find another scapegoat and right now that that feels like it's cliff kingsbury oh uh, sorry so you tend to agree i i sort of disagreed with that whole in the sense that like it struck me as I mean, who's 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 out there saying Cliff Kingsbury is doing a good job, right? But who's out there saying Steve Kimes doing a good job? I mean, I think I think the fault lies in across the like you start. I think you can start at the top and move your all the way down. Like I think the entire all the pillars of that organization are at fault for this disaster thing. It's just it does feel like when you start reading stuff like this, it means that Cliff Kingsbury knows that he is potentially in trouble. And trying to shift the blame of the public narrative move. Now, whether or not that'll work uh, remains to be seen. I, I just sort of wonder if when you have a quarterback with a torn ACL and he's not going to be back by the start of next season. Allegedly. Al- reportedly torn ACL. And if he's if he's not going to be back by, if he won't be back for the whole month of September, I mean, one, do you fire? It's it's odd where you, when you fire a coach with that kind of injury, where it's like I know it didn't cost a season. They're they're four and eight before, like, but it's you usually don't see that. Like in the quarter franchise quarterback suffers a major injury, you don't typically see the coach get fired. And then two, if you fire Cliff Kingsbury, who's taking the job knowing that there's no sure timeline on Kyler Murray? Like that's not exactly a, a, a ideal job. And well, Kyler Murray's not going to miss the next four years. He'll be out the the first few months to start the season. Worst case scenario. Well, the guy who preceded Cliff Kingsbury got one. But also, you would take that job because you have zero expectations in season one when you're not going to have your starting quarterback till week three or week week four theoretically. So that makes things easier easier on you in year one, and then you, you push everything off to year two. So I think it would be easier. enticing. It makes, job. It makes, it makes you, you have less scrutiny. It doesn't make things easier. <laughs> But uh, presumably you'll also, yeah, presumably it'll also be someone that Kyler's on board with. So all those things taken together with the understanding that Kyler may not be ready in week one, if he has in fact torn his ACL, 
that seems like a more tenable situation for Kyler and everyone else than what is currently taking place. And again, I'm not saying Kyler is um, blame free because he probably isn't. There's a reason they put that call of duty clause in his contract and then took it out. But you have to decide who you're going to keep. Now, look, keep all three if you want to. I'll tell you how the story ends. But, you know, that's up to you if you want to save a few pennies. At the end of the day, you're going to have to watch a lot of terrible football. So maybe you take up another hobby if you're the Bidwells, you know, checkers or Parcheesi or something on Sunday, Monday, Thursday nights, and you don't have to Boggle. see it. Boggle if you're breach. Otherwise, I, I think they watch Syracuse soccer. Syracuse soccer, they actually win. But, um, you know, it just seems like one of those things where it, it, if you hear frustration in my voice is because it's those things where if you're a fan, and I, I've been saying this a lot this year, and you know things are stupid, like why can't other people see it? And at the end of the day, it comes down to, you know, there's a lot of, you know, backroom politicking going on. I would imagine Steve Kime and, and Cliff Kingsbury are doing those things as, as Brinson notes and money and not wanting to spend money on things that, that didn't work out. I, I get those things. But at the end of the day, if you're trying to win football games and appease the fans on some level, I, I think a change would happen sooner rather than later. I look and I, I'm, I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying not to make it so it sounds like I'm defending Cliff Kingsbury in any sort of way. But I do, I really do think that the circumstance, I think this injury and the circumstances surrounding his contract and Kimes, his extension from this offseason, Kimes extension, Kyler Murray's extension. Why do you say that though? Like, I don't understand the rationale for why like this makes it will, easier. The, the Michael Bidwell will talk himself into, okay, I mean, let's, you know, this is just a cursed season. Let's, let's see what, because they've started. Had, they've had four cursed seasons with, with, well, they started eight and last year and made the playoffs. Like they, they were, but from November to January, they've sucked. Right. But I mean, when they were seven and I mean, I don't think any of us were like, they're going to win the Super Bowl, but it was like Kyler Murray could potentially, <laughs> Billy Duncan all over you with this graphic. <laughs> I, I'm not defending Cliff Kingsbury. I'm, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to sit here and say the Cardinals are definitely firing Cliff Kingsbury because I really don't think they are. Okay, let's assume you're Michael Bidwell. Michael's the owner, right? He's the now yes. the guy in charge. And you're at the the fan owner meet and greet at, at the local pub. And I'm the fan that stands up and say, All right, Mr. Bidwell, what do you just I, I understand what you're saying? You think this is a curse year? Kyler got hurt. Why would I expect anything to change next year given the same cast of clowns you're rolling out there? What would your answer be to that, Mr. Bidwell? Well, uh, thank you, sir, for the very polite question. I can see you've had plenty to drink at this fan event. Um you know, we we have a lot of faith in Cliff and uh, and Steve, and think that they are aligned. <laughs> I, I mean, I just, I don't, I'm not. I, again, I'm not. And as you can see, if you can see on the graphic, YouTube.com/slash/pick6/slash slash, smash the like button if we get enough. Billy will give out some uh, P plus gift cards. Week one through seven with the Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury's eighteen nine and one. From week on, week week eight or on, he's ten and twenty five. That's a horrendous record. <laughs> what was that one? I didn't even get that. Um, uh, that was a kick. Uh, what was that? That was the uh, kicking and screaming. I think with Will Ferrell, right? I got you. Um, again, I'm just saying that I I think the confluence of events surrounding the contract cost, the the prohibitive cost to fire Cliff Kingsbury, and the fact that Kyler will be hurt and will miss part of the beginning of the next season, will prevent the firing of Cliff Kingsbury. That's my, that's just my take. Breach, what do you think? I mean, I was on the train that the Cardinals wouldn't fire anyone just because of a money issue because they're not the richest team in the NFL. They don't want to be paying 
Cliff Kingsbury to not coach the team and then have to fire or hire another coaching staff and pay them. Uh, so, I mean, I've been on the fence uh, about this all season, but I do think if, if anyone is going to be the odd man out, it's going to be Kingsbury. What would happen, Breach, if this were the 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 Bengals before the last, I don't know, before Andy Dalton got there? Like, if this were the Carson Palmer era Bengals and Cliff Kingsbury was having this sort of these sort of late season struggles. Would Mike Brown just stick with him? Yes. Yeah. All right. I mean, he stuck with uh, Zach Taylor after a pretty horrid start to his career. All right. Fair enough. All right. We'll see. Cliff is incredibly handsome, so I'm sure he won't be off at work for long. So that's good. Uh, or maybe that'll buy him time. Uh, as- maybe, maybe you're going to be a Patriots offensive coordinator. Oh, boy. That's that's a low I'm blow. I'm no juice box boy. I'll tell you that. That is kicking the scream. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, speaking of the Patriots offensive coordinator, Matt Patricia had a pretty good evening. Let's take a break. And uh, after that, we will talk about how the Patriots performed on Monday night. Next. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So uh, the Patriots were kind of struggling. But in the end of the day, at the end of the day, Mac Jones finished 24 for 35, 235. Had an interception, wasn't really his fault, got his arm hit, and the ball uh, popped up in the air. And maybe more importantly, the Patriots run game. Ramondre Stevenson went down really early, and the Patriots were able to bring on a pair of rookies, Pierre Strong Jr. and Kevin Harris. Ryan Wilson is our junior draft analyst for the Pick Six podcast and the host of With the First Pick. You already you already promote it so i'll just say go go subscribe to it and yeah. support wilson um any thoughts on these young guys coming out and um and, and how they looked in terms of performing obviously you know pierre strong five carries 70 yards a uh, nice little 14 14 yard average both of them had a touchdown i, I think it's kind of speaks bill belichick two decent draft classes in a row now yeah they've had they've had a really strong draft class especially the running back position and I, I I went and looked this up. Pierre Strong I had as my running back twenty, and I had Kevin Harris as my running back thirty six. Literally the last one. Kevin Harris had an injury last year at South Carolina. Um, Pierre Strong's a, a a smaller guy, and you saw that on that on that forty something yard run that he had. And um, I, I actually in my notes I wrote he wasn't going to run through a lot of tackles because of his frame, uh, but he he is actually the jump cut ability to hit the hit the open hole and and sort of make plays like that is exactly what we saw. Uh, in 2021, he had 18 rushing touchdowns and on 22 receptions in addition to 22 receptions. So he provides that sort of dual threat thing that the Patriots have, have liked historically. And Kevin Harris, my, <laughs> I thought it was Damian Harris for a second. I said, wait a second. I thought he wasn't playing uh, when he came out there. So they keep rolling these running backs out there. They know the running uh, game is an important part of what they do with, um, you know, young Mac Jones out there. And it's funny. I was talking to 
my source at Alabama that was the, uh, about Mac Jones acting up again tonight, yelling at Matt Patricia. And he said that's one of the things that Alabama and Saban in particular tried to work with Mac on was keeping his emotions in check. Uh, apparently, Mac's freshman year, he and Devontae Smith, who were freshmen, were lighting up the first team defense. And Saban was like yelling at the defense to to pick it up. And Mac's like, uh, uh, "This is what happens when you guys don't don't show up to to to, to work out." Like he's yelling at Saban. Like he wouldn't yell at Saban during a game. I think the fact that he's yelling at Patricia during a game is is telling. He's not yelling at Bill Belichick. Yeah. Um, he's targeting at someone presumably that he's frustrated with, but it showed them later, you know, hugging and kissed on the sidelines after, after they scored a touchdown. But you do wonder what Matt Patricia's future is going to be for now. He's the play caller. They won the football game. They were able to make some plays. So that's good, but there's still a lot of questions about this offense breach. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, Bill Belichick last week, his comments about what was going on with the offense that was telling, and he basically said that, like, yeah, we're too late in the season to make changes. It is we're going to ride with what we have. There's no reason to go make a wholesale change with five weeks left and start over from scratch. And that's his way of saying, look, we are where we are. We're in the playoff race. We're going to finish this out, even if Mac Jones ends up strangling Matt Patricia, uh, because it, that might happen because those two, they seem to just go at it every single game. We've seen all of uh just Mac Jones yelling at someone on the sideline. It seems like every week for the past few weeks. And, you know, he has a good reason to the Patriots offense <laughs> watching it is infuriating. I can't imagine being the quarterback who's in charge of running it. I mean, every other play is a screen. They get stuff. They don't care. They call more screens. <laughs> they got saved by a bunch of rookies tonight. And Mac Jones has got to be just sitting back there. Like, let me uncork a few. Cause I'm McCorkle, uh, you know, nice. and then when he did, he hit Hunter Henry a couple times. Uh, had a couple nice throws to Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar. So just, I, I just feel like Mac Jones wants to be unleashed, and Matt Patricia refuses to do that. Um, I'm sorry, I can't remember the what's the Cardinals' defensive coordinator's name? Uh, Vance Joseph. So Vance Joseph's comments earlier this week. I don't know if you guys saw them, where he said it looks like the Patriots' offense is being called by a defensive coordinator. Did you see those comments? No, really. And he didn't mean it in a bad way. He was saying it. I was just like, saying it's like very like. It's very vanilla. They don't want to turn the ball over. They want to keep things very conservative. And I thought it was very telling for Vance to say those words out loud, even though he didn't mean them in a derogatory way. But the implication is exactly what Breach is talking about and what Mac Jones is upset about. So, uh, you know, those were at the very least telling, at the very worst troubling if you're Matt Patricia concerned about, you know, keeping that job or maybe partly something else. I don't know. Um, put it into Slack. I don't know if you guys saw during the game. This game was, was hard to watch for, you know, more than nine. Yeah, yeah. Is this uh, is this where Mac and Patricia were like getting along? No, I mentioned that earlier. This is a, a fantastic uh, gesture by Nelson Aguilar. So oh, Devontae, yes, yes, fantastic. Devontae Parker got smoked, and somehow the 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 concussion spotter missed him. And the next play was about to to go off. Devontae Parker's lined up, even though he clearly looks to be woozy and probably concussed. And and Nelson Aguilar is waving frantically, taking a knee, trying to get the officials' attention to make sure they get him off the field. And, and that's a huge change. It feels like even in since last season when players didn't want to come off or players when an actual player is playing the role of concussion spotter. Yeah, absolutely. Or even early this season with Tua when Tua stayed on for you know someone missed him or they didn't think it was bad or whatever. So shout out to Nelson Aguilar who, who you know had a drop in the game and that's frustrating. But uh, he he did a, his his uh, teammate a solid and I, I think that uh, supersedes the drop breach. You guys think Cliff Kingsbury walked off the field today and like shook hands with Belichick? Was like, hey man, if you need 
an offense coordinator next season, call me. Just you think Belichick's me. like, I'm good. Really. <laughs> I'm I was actually like, thinking I would Patricia. take I would take Cliff Kingsbury over Matt Patricia and Matt Canada. Uh, but you know, Cliff Kingsbury, of course, was a seven, four or seventh round pick of the, uh, the played for the Patriots. Yeah, uh, so yeah, there's a relationship there. I mean, look, uh, yeah, I think the the offense is. Belichick was asked about that those comments. I, I missed it, but he was asked about. He's like, I mean, I don't know. He's like, he he said what he said, so you have to ask him about it. And then his point was, you know, I don't think offensive guys are in favor of turning the ball over and or like like you know they want to score points. Like that's the two things you want to do. But it has been vanilla. It has been. It feels like the Patriots is that graphic showed what seven to two against non-playoff teams. I mean, they've they've made their hay beating up on on bad teams, and it's it sort you sort of wonder if um, it, you look at the rest of the schedule. They they have three games against playoff uh, caliber teams. The Raiders first uh, at, at the Raiders are staying out west. By the way, after after playing in Arizona, they will stay. They will put, go to Las Vegas and play the Raiders in Week 15. Then they have the Bengals at home, Dolphins at home, and at the Bills. So. I'll just say quickly, I don't know what's going to happen in, in three of those games, but in the Week 17 game against the Dolphins, they're going to win by 50 points. And I was going to bring this up when, when Brinson, when you and I were in HQ today. Um, the Dolphins had heaters on the sidelines last night in 55-degree Los Angeles. Yeah. It's going to be cold in New England. It's going to be cold next week in Buffalo when they play. I, I don't think they're prepared for it. That was one of the things that we've talked about we're concerned about with this Dolphins team down the stretch. So you can talk about the other three games, but that Dolphins game, it's a W. So uh, Patriots, well, just Patriots. a fun fact, a fun fact real quick to go along with what Ryan just said, since you brought it up, uh, the Dolphins since 2017 are 0 and 7 when the kickoff temperature is under 40 degrees yeah, and they have lost those seven games by an average of 18.7 pizza. I mean, like it just makes sense. Like teams struggle going to South, going to Florida and playing the dolphins in September. Cause it's hot as hell down there. Like it's, it's, it's weather. You're just not used to the bills to perform athletically and in, in different stuff. And it's like, when you go play at Buffalo in new England in December, it is cold as hell. You know, it's, it's just, it, it like, I, 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 I don't think, I don't, I don't consider it a narrative. I just think it's like a natural, Sort of way it works. I mean, if you're you live in warm weather, you go somewhere it's cold. Like with Wilson, you you would be you would be not that you would be fine playing football, but you're used to cold weather. You live in Syracuse. Love it. Provide people your address if you want. Mm-mm. Um, carrier though. If the Patriots are to beat the Raiders, which I think I I like their chances to beat the Raiders, even though back to back road game. I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about that one. You don't know which team's going to show up on both sides. Yeah, true. Uh, but they, they, but they, they, they beat up on bad. They beat up on, on bad teams, and it's like sort of a, you know, the McDaniel's angle. Um, they didn't, didn't Belichick throw McDaniel's a bone like uh, at one point, or people were like accusing him of throwing his old like assistants a bone by losing on purpose. It's like Belichick, uh, McDaniel should throw Belichick a bone here. Uh, but if they beat the Raiders and beat the Dolphins, they'll have a seventy-seven percent chance of making the postseason. They currently have a forty percent chance of making the playoffs according to five thirty-eight. A loss to the Raiders would give them a 20% chance to make the playoffs. Uh, do you think these guys are a playoff team? I'll ask you, Breach. Can they beat the Raiders and the Dolphins? Can they go 2-2? Two and two? Yes. I mm. actually feel better about their chances of being the Dolphins than the Raiders. I do, too. Because of the weather, primarily. <laughs> I feel I, like 3-1 and one is their best-case scenario over the ooh, final four games. 3-1 and and, and happening. And 0-4 oh and is their worst-case scenario. So, I like, I, I don't think three, that's out of the question. 3-1's not out of the question with the with... – All right, I'm going to ask that Brinson, rank the the record, the records from 4-0 to 0-4. Oh well, hold on, Wilson. All you need is for the Bills to have the number one seed locked up in Week 18. Yeah. And they uh, okay. 
All right, so rank the records three. Or, and or, just, I mean, or just beat the beat the Bengals in in New England. Like that's not. I mean, I don't. I think the Bengals will probably be favored, but it's not. Oh, that absolutely. Outrageous. That's gonna be that's gonna be plus four and a half on Easy. Christmas Eve. I mean, look, it's Belichick at home Christmas Eve. Uh, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are banged up. It's it's not out. It's, is it's Matt Patricia banged up? Suggest that the Patriots can win that game at home. Is Matt Patricia banged up? Because if he's not banged up, dude, the Texans almost beat the the the, the Cowboys yesterday. Like the the Patriots can win that game. Any any there's almost every matchup in the NFL this year is there's a chance of the of either team winning the game. All right. So what's the probability they go three and zero? Or give me the odds. What would the Brentson odds to go three and zero? To go four and zero, you mean, or three? No, we're going to assume that the week eighteen. Let's assume that they the, the Bills are sitting starters or whatever. The Bills are not afraid to roll points up people even when they're sitting starters. Um, uh, I would say twelve to one. Yeah, that feels about right. Like there's a lot to a lot of work to do. But they I mean, need anybody. <laughs> yeah, Nathan Graber McCray. I watch uh, you say. Anybody, yeah, anybody, anybody, anybody winning, out. anybody winning three games in a row is a difficult challenge. Like you're talking about a, you know, like what the Patriots uh, odds, what, what they'll be favored by what at Oakland, at, at Oakland, geez, Louise, um, at Las Vegas. Are they going to be favored? They're going to be favored in Vegas. Maybe it's a pick them. I don't think they're, I don't think. All right. Let's say that. Let's say it's a pick them. Okay. That's or fine. you can make yeah. dogs if you want. Actually, the odds are probably not up yet. Um, there'll be dogs by what you said four at the against the Bengals, four and a half at home. Okay, the Bengals. and then against the Dolphins at home, what, what's it'll be? Point? It'll be minus twenty seven. <laughs> no, what's the what's the spread? <laughs> Patriots minus two and a half. Yeah, that sounds about right. I was gonna say minus three. Okay, that parlay. If they're a, if it's a pick them, uh, dogs by four. Four and then uh, favored by two and a half. That, that that money line parlay would be eight to one. All right. So I mean that's I mean that's probably about right. Sounds a little low, but yeah, fair enough. No, that's close. Sure. Well, and if you know if you want to take off the you want to say that they're like the Raiders are favored by what two? I just don't yeah. think it'll be. A, I don't think it'll be. A I don't think it'll be more than that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably roughly right. So I mean, like. Yeah, you look at like eight somewhere like ten to one that they 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 go three to. I mean, they do have the greatest head coach of all time, um, Mac Jones. I thought had some really good moments in this game. Yeah, Mac's good. I'm still sticking with that. He just needs someone not to to, to quit calling these plays that Breach are alluding to. Breach, do you think that uh, to Brinson's original question before I changed it? Are the Patriots the sixth or seventh seed, or are the Chargers, Jets, Brinson's Jaguars? Who else is in the mix? Uh, I think that's it. Chargers, Jets. To the, I mean, I, 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 wouldn't I, sleep, I wouldn't sleep on the Dolphins laying an egg either. I feel like that's what's going to happen. And like so I said I, last, go ahead, Breach. I was just going to say the Chargers are so iffy. That's the one team yes. that like I would never bet any money on them right now to make the playoffs, even though I feel the best about their chances. That's how I feel about the Chargers. And like I said last night, if they hadn't lost the Raiders last week, it wouldn't matter. Like they would be in much better position. They'd be the sixth seed right now. And they obviously, I, I'm assuming that the, the Patriots still be the outside looking in because the Dolphins would be at eight and five. All right. And so so, so the, you see, we see the Patriots schedule. They're now seven and six. They're the seventh seed. Uh, the Dolphins at eight and uh, five are the sixth seed. The Dolphins are at the Bills, Packers at home, at the Patriots, and the Jets at home. They're losing two of those games on the road Yikes. in cold weather. And so they, Aaron Rodgers is Christmas Day, one o'clock. I mean, I know the Packers stink, but I wouldn't. I don't think it's outrageous to suggest. No, it's actually I can't disagree with you on that one. And you got some like Lafleur, McDaniel, 
like coaching. There's a lot of the Shanahan's uh, coaching tree floating around. The Chargers, Titans at home at the Colts Monday night, Rams at home at the Broncos. They should go 4 now. Like, it shouldn't even be close. They, but they, they won't. Uh, spoiler, they will not go for it. They will and go one. The thing go is, one even if they go three and one, 10 wins, I feel like is going to get them in just based on what we've talked about with the Dolphins and Patriots schedules. If the, the Chargers get the 10 wins, they're going to make the playoffs. I think anybody gets the 10 wins and make the playoffs. And then finally, the although there's not a lot of crossover with these AFC, like there's not a ton, you know, there's just not a lot of ton of crossover. The Patriots and the Dolphins obviously have that one right there. And then Jets and Dolphins, Lions at the Jets, Jaguars at the Jets, Jets at the Seahawks, and Jets at the Dolphins. That is a pretty friendly schedule for a Jets team that uh, is now on the outside looking in after that Patriots win. Yeah, but as Breach likes to tell you, they got to win out and then still potentially potentially not see their dreams come true. No, if you win out, you're in. You talking the Jaguars or the Jets? The 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 Jets. I think the Jaguars. Oh, okay. I thought, I I thought the Jaguars, Jaguars path is through the AFC South. All right, sorry. I thought you were talking about the Jaguars. No, no, no. The Jaguars at five and eight. I mean, yeah, you. Not, I mean, you went out and you're nine and eight. I, but if you went out and you're nine and eight, I feel I think you feel pretty good about taking down the Titans and, and stealing that division. So I think the Jets are Mike White has ribs after he got absolutely demolished last uh, on That's Sunday. So is it Flacco? Are you returning to Zach Wilson if if presumably Mike White can't go the entire game if he gets another hit there? And then that complicates obviously how you're gonna win things. But I'm actually just curious. Who's your number two quarterback now for the Jets? I think they'll probably go Flacco. Uh, if you bench Zach Wilson, I think you got to make it Flacco. You only bench him because you have no faith in him, and you can't send him out there and make him your backup when the rest of the team knows you don't have any faith in him. And we saw the guys got off the plane wearing Mike White shirts literally oh, the first week after Zach Wilson got benched. It was I like mean, Garrett, Garrett Wilson was out there like, he's like, this guy's a dog. I'll go to war for him. It's yeah. Like, uh, by the way, quickly, too. Zach Wilson, he's like, I won't even go to the grocery store for him. I'll go to war for Mike White. Which is telling to continue to, to plug the uh, with the first big podcast. So I asked Spielman today about the Christian Ponder selection, and I and specifically I wanted to ask him how long do you stick with a quarterback that you sort of know isn't going to work out? What do you think his answer was for first quarterbacks? How long they would that, that typically they would stick with quarterbacks? three years, four. three to four years. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I said uh, so this Zach White uh, Zach Wilson thing and Mike White's playing well. What what are you doing? He goes, well, I, I think I'm giving him next year. I was like, Rick. I don't think, dude. Come on, you're giving him next year. Why? You're you're out. You are outrageously fast to cut bait. Like, or uh, not like uh, you're outrageous. Not like you're outrageously fast. You're not wrong. Go ahead. The the reality of the situation is that the Jets are not going to like just be like see a Zach. Because the investment. That's right. Yeah, I mean, like you you've already paid. You've already guaranteed his salary for four years. He's a second overall pick. You're not you're not dumping him out of nowhere. I get that part, but here's my thing. So you overdrafted him because you you need a quarterback, and you often overdraft quarterbacks, and you talk yourself into him. But then you see him in the locker room to breach his point, and he ain't clicking with guys. And whether he's entitled or rich or whatever, I don't know. That doesn't matter. But if he's not getting along with the guys and he's not sort of selling himself as a, a guy willing to put everything on the line, is that going to change? Because that's where I'm at. Like, I, I, well, I, I do sort of wonder, like, how is how has the last couple of weeks gone for Zach Wilson in terms of – you know, right. Like, we, don't, exactly. we don't know because we're not in there. I mean, like, it's possible that he's improved his standing, that he's, you know, gone out of his way, like, you know, sort of changed his attitude and teammates are buying in. Like, that's not unreasonable. JS in the comments says, trade Zach Wilson to Matt Rule in Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother, this guy stinks. I- so, yeah, you're right. I am, I am quick to pull the trigger on, on. So maybe he does get next year. But you want Cliff, you want, I mean, look, I'm not, again, Cliff Kingsbury could be fired, but you want him fired in like. 
like September. Like, I just get frustrated seeing the same old stuff and no one changing things. But yeah, all right, give Zach Wilson another year. But I think to Breach's point, I think he's done for 2022. I well, I'll, I'll I'll take the over on my number of starts, if depending on what Mike White's injury is. He's a half, is that what you had? Yeah, like he just said, I I wouldn't be shocked at all if they started in this week and they told him, look, Zach, you're starting. You got a real quick a real quick hook. Because I mean, look, if what is that? Come, what does that take? I mean, what is that? Uh, well, if you if you're Robert Sala and you go and, and Mike White's really hurt and like this rib injury is going to keep him out for two or three weeks, and you put Zach Wilson in there and Zach Wilson plays well and he's a great teammate and they win, they beat the Lions. And they put themselves back in the playoff picture. Like winning cures everything. All right. And and if he goes out there and he's making mistakes, he's being a jackass. You you're like, listen, we're putting Flacco in. Sorry. Like I, I don't I don't think that's unreasonable this week, depending on Mike White's injury status. All right, Breach thinks is Flacco. No, you said Flacco just a moment ago, Breach. I, I just said it's not. I, I don't know. It's going to be. It's not an easy answer. All right, I'm going with Flacco. Breach is going with Flacco. You guys don't want to go with Zach Wilson because you don't want me to be right that he ends up starting another game. That's true. I'm willing to sacrifice Zach Wilson's career to ensure that you're not correct. You don't find that suspicious. Uh, anything else from this game? No, I don't think so. Um, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, uh, you know, we mentioned that. I mean, like he, he'd been, a di- he'd been great the last two weeks and a uh, huge workhorse. So very curious to see what his injury is. That's a big deal for the Patriots, even no, with those rookie running backs running well. No, and I will pick. say we, we crush Cliff Kingsbury a lot. But, like, it's hard to put a loss like this on him where uh, Hollywood Brown dropped a fourth down play that was right in his hands. DeAndre Hopkins uh, lost Horrendous the all time. They got he does that all the time, though, that bread basket stuff. Uh, this this was the first three possessions of the second half, and then Colt McCoy threw an interception. And, after and, that, his, he, and his starting quarterback, who's extremely mobile, t- gets hurt on the third play in – as you know, the Manning's pointed this out. I don't know if you guys are watching that or the, or the regular cast, but like when you have Kyler Murray as your starting quarterback, presumably you have to change your entire game plan. Belichick has to change his entire defensive game plan because he's you're no longer worried about spying somebody. You know, like you're not going to just keep spying Colt McCoy, you know? Yeah, I, I mean this yeah, game. But, hold on though, Colt McCoy started two games, and it, we t- we said this at the, in the Mexico game. It certainly feels like Cliff Kingsbury likes having Colt out there more than Kyler. Now, look, Kyler's a much better football player. We're not disagreeing with that, but let's not act like that. You know, they just signed Colt yesterday. Breach, continue yeah. to make excuses for Cliff. I'm not making excuses for Cliff. I'm just saying that it's tough <laughs> when you look at this score. You think, God, you know, Cliff Kingsbury must have been horrible, but I did not think he had a bad coaching game. This was not I mean, one, it wasn't of, good, one, of, but, one of five on fourth down. They had which, a ton of offensive penalties. Which Colt McCoy threw a pass that got tipped that would have been throw it three inches higher. Hollywood Brown drops an easy pass. Uh, James Conner gets stuffed on that third. There were just so many perplexing plays. I, I mean, the Cardinals are 4-9 for a reason. That's really what yeah. it comes down to. But it, it did. I, I the it. Cardinals didn't score a single point in the second half, and it it felt like for much of the first half that the Cardinals were kind of not in control of the game, but like looked like the better team, and this was going to be a real bad egg for the Patriots uh, yeah. on Monday night after they lost to the, the Bears previously. So, yeah, I mean, I think um, I think Breach has a point there. That's not This is not all on Cliff. Like, his players didn't play well, but that's part of it, too. And, and look, you know, we, you, um, we saw... Uh, Oh God! What was the? Oh, it was it was this NC State basketball game? But one of our players got one of our one of our players suffered a really bad knee injury, and like the whole team was kind of shook. And I do think that and I'm not saying that like the Cardinals were shook, just that like you know Kyler Murray's their guy, and you know starting quarterback suffers a bad knee injury that throws throws you for a loop. Yeah, that explains this game. Does, does, does explain the other eight? 
Uh, one more fun fact. The Patriots are the only team currently in a playoff seed uh, that have not beaten any other playoff teams this year. Seems a little fraudulent. So, Breach, oh. did you say that you think the Patriots are one of the finalists? I think the Chargers. If I had to bet money on it right now, I bet, I bet the Chargers. But maybe the Dolphins drop out as Patriots Chargers. I think Let's it's Patriots. If, uh, I think they it's have, Chargers. By the way, the Lions were plus 280 earlier today to make the playoffs. Win the Super Bowl? Oh. Uh, I was trying to sell Sully on that, actually. He wouldn't, he wouldn't bite. Wouldn't it be great the Chargers won it all the year Brinson jumped off their bandwagon? Chargers are minus 180 to make the playoffs, plus 180 to miss. Do not have Patriots odds. Dolphins minus 350 to make the playoffs. I don't see the Patriots, but you get the point. All right. Oh, the Jets, by the way, minus 190 to miss the playoffs. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. All right, that'll do it for us. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. For Reach for Wilson and Brinson. Go Cuse. Go America. See you guys later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.